Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality with your host, me, Aliyah Lovely. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some of the shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and new discoveries and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up about what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Courtney Beck is an author, channel, and healer from Byron Bay, Australia. She works with a team of spirit guides to channel information and healing energies to her clients worldwide. While she grew up quite anti-religious, Courtney had gifts that piqued her interest in the metaphysical. And while working a 9-to-5 corporate career, she experienced her kundalini awakening that opened up a channel to Krishna, her primary guide, flooding her body with messages she was meant to communicate. Since then, she has met more of her spirit team and has written two books, one, Awakened Souls, and the second, Conversations with Krishna, beginning her healing modalities that help people unblock energy, heal wounds, and even dispel negative entities, some would even call demons. She's got an interesting story, so please welcome Courtney to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. Thank you, Courtney, for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited because we're in Bali right now, but I know Courtney because she has been my healer and channeler um, over the past year. And so I've had a few sessions with her where she's kind of like knocked my fucking socks off. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say changed my life. Like some of the things that you brought to my attention about what I needed to heal and how to heal them have been incredibly monumental to my awakening and and the life that I've experienced and making space for the things that I want to bring in my life. So it's been incredibly powerful. So it's so cool to be sitting in front of her here today. You guys can hear it in my voice. (laughs) Um, So please tell our listeners a little bit about what it is that you actually do. Yeah, so I predominantly work with spirits. um, And how I would best describe my work is that I work with spirits to help you live your best life. So like we have experts here in the in the real world, um, I work with about four or five different experts in the spirit plane, uh, and we basically help people uh, remove their blockages, traumas, sometimes demons, um, so that they can go on and do what they need to do. Yeah. So she's got about four of them, four to five of them that she works with. Um, Krishna being the first one. She's got a book out called Conversations with Krishna. Yes. And then you work with Isis. Yes. And then Maria. Yeah, I have like a badass Aztec healer called Mariana. Uh There's a white witch called Mara. Um, We sometimes work with with Kali. Mm -hmm. Um, Who's Kali? Uh, Kali Mata, so she's one of the Hindu ah, okay. um, deities. So uh-huh. um, we tend to work with her when we're pulling something dark out uh-huh. of somebody. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, every now and again we'll have different um, different spirits join us. Like I was doing a healing the other day where a plant medicine spirit came in mm-hmm. and he had the girl that we were working with, um, she's having problems with her hands, and so he had her hands in clay pots mm-hmm. with this beautiful mixture. So it's... 
it's always a wild adventure for me because I never know who is going to turn up. Right. So we have a lot of people who listen to the show who are new to the spiritual world. So we might have to break it down a little bit um, about how that works. So you work with Krishna. Uh, Krishna is? Krishna is the Hindu deity of love, compassion, and tenderness. So I joke that he's like my spiritual father. He's um, just a beautiful blue being that's full of love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you work with Isis, who is? Uh, Isis is an Egyptian goddess, and she is like the ultimate mother figure. Mm -hmm. And then the other three, which we just kind of went through. Um, So when you work with these people, um, if someone were coming to you and had a session like I did, um, what is it that that you facilitate? How do you see them? What is is the session like for you? Yeah, so this can be a bit for people to get their heads around because I think a lot of people when they go for a healing expect to be in a room with somebody and to have their hands on their body. Um, whereas when you work with us, um, we're not actually on the phone with you at the time. What we do is we organize a time with you where you're not driving a car in case mm. you get really relaxed um, and where we tune in to your energetic body. So basically where I go is I go to a rainforest in mm-hmm. my mind and I meet my spirit team there. Mm-hmm. And we work on this beautiful um, white stone healing table mm-hmm. uh, where we meet you there. Um, and basically it's our, it's your intention to mm-hmm. receive the healing that allows us to connect with you. So what can be strange for my clients is that they can feel, you know, tingling. They can feel things being pulled out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so whilst we're not in the same room together, it can be a very physical experience yeah. Yeah. as well. So is it, are you operating in the astral plane? Yeah, you probably call it that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many different words to describe, Mm -hmm. you know, the other worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, Across the veil. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. So um, I try not to complicate things. Yeah. Um, So for me, it's it's just in a rainforest. Um, Every now and again, it'll change locations. But yeah, it's always in the spiritual plane, in a very safe space. Yeah. So I had a healing with her and there was, um, we happened to do it over video just one time. She doesn't do that, but we did it in this, in this particular case, there was a reason. Um, and I could feel physically what was happening even almost before you would say it and speak it out loud. And I was like, what the fuck is she doing to me? What kind of witch medicine is this? This is insane. You know, just to open up my, even like being someone who's super open into those kind of things, I was like, this is something else. I don't, I don't know what this is, but I'm, I'm here for it because it's weird and I like it. Um, so when did you first know or when did you first hear from Krishna? Like, did you, did you have voices before? Um, channeling is, is different in energy than mediumship is and where you receive it because it's more psychic than it is, um, I don't know, entity consciousness maybe, but, uh, or you, maybe you should describe that. <laughs> Um, so I guess to, to take it back to the beginning, um, so I'd always seen spirits, but it was always freakishly scary for me. And it was never something that um, that I wanted to embrace because they would always turn up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. or they'd stand at the end of my bed. Like Just I have, like the movie. <laughs> yes, yes. And I have this really strong memory of this man turning up one night in a black coat and he put snakes in my bed. And, oh. and I was like, there's no fucking way I'm like getting on board with this. <laughs> Um, so I, 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 I How knew, old were you? Oh, for as, as far back as I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too, like now that I think about it, like I've got trauma in my childhood and I think I would unconsciously go into the other planes mm. to probably escape mm-hmm. the real world. That yeah. was kind of a coping mechanism for me. Um, but yeah, I always remember seeing spirits like floating down the hallway and things like that. Um, so 
um, it was only when basically I'd, I ended up choosing a really logical career in the corporate world and I'd gotten to my dream role to a director level, realised after pinning all of my hopes on it that it would fill this hole within me that we weren't going to get even close, mm-hmm. um, that I was going to walk away. And um, so I had strategically just started meditating in order to try and figure out what I was going to do next. Mm-hmm. And and so every morning I would go out on a run and then I would come back and I'd just do a five-minute meditation just through that app called Calm. So like yeah. very mainstream, nothing yeah. crazier out there. And I was I was sitting there one day after a very normal morning and I felt a spiral activate uh, up through my spine. Mm-hmm. So I had what people call a, a kundalini mm-hmm. awakening. Um, and I felt like there was someone else in my body. Mm. And I, I went and had a shower because I was a bit cold after being out for a run and I, I had this moment where I looked down at my body and, and I heard in my head say, so this is the body that you've chosen. And it was just like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, so let's back up for those people who might not know what kundalini rising is. Yeah, so I, I would see kundalini as, um, so how the spirits show it to me is they're almost like two bright green snakes that sit at um, the base of our spine. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like an, an energy frequency, I guess, and um, it can prompt people's awakenings mm-hmm. to come about. Kind of like that symbol, the health symbol, yes. the snakes that go up. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so often I'll see people with snakes at the base of their spine and often the snakes are sleeping and that tends to mean that, the awakening hasn't happened yet, mm, but it's okay. coming. Yeah, so. yeah. Okay, so Krishna said, this is the body you have chosen. And then you were like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then I had all these <laughs> weird food cravings. Like um, I was craving Neapolitan ice cream and then I had to go drive somewhere that day. I was really excited to drive the car, which is not an exciting thing yeah. for me to do. And Neapolitan ice cream is gross. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not for the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, I'm digging this. Let's get some of yeah. that. And I remember going into my now wife, Jules, and saying, I think there's someone else in my body. And Jules was like, okay. And she's the most calmest, beautiful <laughs> woman in the world. And she just she just said, Let, let's just roll with it and see what happens. Yeah. And um, I felt too that my arms had been lit up in golden light and mm-hmm. I just felt this urge to write. And so I ended up sitting down at my laptop and, just poured out what would end up being the first four chapters of the first book I wrote. Um, and it was really strange. It was all about the creation of the universe. Mm. And we were going out for dinner that night and uh, and it happened to be at an architect at a yoga teacher's house. Mm-hmm. And I said to the yoga teacher, just for an outsider's perspective, can you just read this and tell me what you think? Mm-hmm. And she was like, Court, this is Hindu cosmology. Where the hell did you get Whoa. this? And so I, I pretty did much – Did you have any contact with that beforehand? No. Yeah. So I, I pretty much came out of the womb like anti-religion. Mm-hmm. And I now know I've had a lot of lives where I've been persecuted. Mm-hmm. So um, so I, I went to a religious school. I never wanted anything to do with religion. I'd argue with the religious teachers mm-hmm. at school like I was a brat in that <laughs> respect. Um yeah, and so I ended up asking, who, who is this that's speaking to me? And and I got Krishna and I was like, who the hell is Krishna? <laughs> and and since then my life has been filled with Hindu deities. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So, like what, from, from a Western perspective, like 
what did you think about that? Like, how are you, how did you integrate that into your day to day? Oh, I was like, why did you choose a, like a white corporate girl from <laughs> Sydney? Like where, where is the logic in that? Like yeah. why me? Um, and, and now I know that, um, God, this is going into a whole other area, but <laughs> I, I know that I originally came from Sirius, which is the planet they believe that ah, like Krishna came yeah, from. Yeah. So it goes like way, way back. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's gradually made sense to me over time and, and before I left the corporate world, when I'd really had jack of it, and it was almost like I had no filter anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was just at that point where, you know, when you start to rot slowly inside because you hate your yes. job that much. <laughs> and people would say to me, like, if you weren't doing this job, what would you do? And I'd say, you know, almost whimsically, I just want someone to give me a lab where I can learn all the information in the world and then just share it. Oh. And people would just be like, what is she on? And no one, everyone would just give me blank face. They wouldn't know what to do. Like, that's not a job. Yeah. But I, I got my wish because that's kind of what channeling is, is yeah. that you can tune into divine sources yeah. and ask questions. And um, yeah, so essentially like my job in the simplest terms is um, a messenger. Mm. You're the mailman. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I get shot. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect for yeah. the analogy. Um. Okay. So, I mean, I just, to me, I find that really fascinating because, um, I have my own guide that I call Karen. I can't say her actual real name cause it's like, I don't know, 18 letters long. Um, but like when messaging is kind of coming through, feeling that, that essence of a download, I've been telling some of my clients like do automatic writing. If you want to see if there's a guide talking to you or not, you'll start to see the difference in your handwriting, yeah. you'll see the difference in the voice, like kind of the voice texture. I don't know if that's the thing. Um, and in order to like kind of awaken that. So, um, I would love for you to give us, um, your weirdest story <laughs> interacting with Krishna and possibly a client or like the weirdest interaction that you've had when you were learning about it. Like you're like, I don't know, was there a moment where you were like, I can't do this or this is too weird or something like that? Um, the moment that comes to mind is so I've always been told that my work would be centered around 2020 mm-hmm. and that this is a ridiculously important year for our planet. Um, and I remember driving in the car one day and getting told that 2020 we would experience, you know, more natural disasters and, and that essentially the world would be going through what the spirit world really politely calls a rebalance, mm-hmm. which is a nice way of saying the earth is going to take back mm-hmm. her power. So mm-hmm. when that all happened, I'd, I'd been told that we were going to have more fires and things like that. And my instant reaction was to want to stock up our cupboards and our basement with like cans of food. Yeah. And- You're like a bunker person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I do, I do go between that, you know, back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I was going to say like on your comment with channeling and how it sounds different, mm-hmm. if you look at Krishna's writing and how he speaks versus how I speak and mm-hmm. how you're listening to me now, it is it is so different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you can tell is that it's um, it's almost like a strong flow of water that comes through you and it's so fast I find that there's no way I could come up with the words right. that are coming through. And often I'll get words and I have no idea what they mean. Do you, um, can you, is it something that comes on command? Is it something that you have to center first or like, does Krishna want to talk to us now? Oh, we can do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Courtney's going to get centered for a second. I'm just closing my eyes. There's a massive energy shift in here. 
Yeah, so my head started to like rock back and forth, Mm -hmm. which is what I do. Uh, He said, thank you, Aaliyah. Uh, Thank you so much for inviting us here today. Uh, We are so pleased and proud to be here. And he's showing me um, uh, himself and also the rest of my team and Isis is standing just to his right. What's up, guys? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, We are so proud of you, Aaliyah. Uh, for what you've created and the work that you are doing. Uh, you are like a river and a body of water that it's carving its own path and this is all we could wish for you. Uh, this is all we could wish for any human being is that they are able to come to this earth and to express themselves uh, in the highest possible way and means. Uh, what we are wanting to work with all of you Uh, more on is uh, eliminating the forces that are keeping you small uh, and that are keeping you chained to the real world when there is so much of our world and your inner world that is beckoning for you to explore. Uh, If only we could hold you for a second, for a moment, for a few minutes so that you could see uh, the beauty that lies within each of you. Uh, For none of you are special, you are all special in our eyes and each of you have a purpose that you are here to fulfill. Uh, And this is what we wish to support you on. Uh, What we wish for you to know is that all you must do is ask for our help and our support. All you must do is call our names or call on the names of your spirits and if you do not know the names of your spirits, then say, guides, please help me. Uh, for it is when you ask that we are able to step forward and allow you to uh, tap into and seek our powers. Uh, he said, is that enough for you, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have a really good sense of humor. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. The, your accent almost changes a little bit too. Mm. Like that's, that's cool. Like I'm not seeing you do it like that in person, so that's, that's so neat. <laughs> um, that, that's beautiful. So like... When, thank you, Krishna. Thank you, Isis, for being here, um, first of all. <laughs> uh, so, so cool and, and honored. Thank you so much for uh, allowing them to come through. Um, do you ever get from other people, naysayers or whatever, like, oh, she's possessed? Uh, probably. There's probably a lot of people that think that. Yeah. Um, I lost a lot of friends along the way. Mm-hmm. And I think that just comes with people. People like to know what they're dealing with Mm -hmm. and people are really comfortable when you're being your most predictable self and the person they've always known you to be. Mm -hmm. So when you break free from that, it's really scary for people. Um, Like to give you an example, a few years back I stopped drinking Mm -hmm. alcohol for three months Mm -hmm. and people stopped inviting me to things because they didn't know how to interact with me when I wasn't drinking. Mm-hmm. And I've never been a massive, well, actually, in the past, I used to be, <laughs> you know, a big drinker. But, um, yeah, I think it, it's really hard for people when they don't know how to peg you anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think when you go through this process, you can experience a pretty big shedding mm-hmm. of um, lots of parts of yourself. Yeah. And friendships seem to be something that happens with that yeah so on a day-to-day basis like what is your what does your everyday look like I know I know what it looks like when you are with your clients and we can get a little bit deeper into that in a little bit um but for you're like running around with these entities in your mind and or in your energy that are like you know like when you're at the store they're like oh no get this bread instead of that bread you know like are they super super involved in like the daily stuff or like massive yeah yeah 
Um, so the often, <laughs> often my like eyes will change and Jules will go to, my wife will go to ask me a question and I'm like, shh, I'm talking to Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're always all around me. So I'll often have, um, I mean, Krishna is always there when, um, I call on him and this is something that's good to know about spirit guides is that mm-hmm. we can often feel bad when we ask for their help. Cause we're like, Oh my God, you must be doing something so much more important than like what I need help with. Mm-hmm. But they're not limited like we are by our physical bodies. They can be anywhere and everywhere all at once mm-hmm. and they're limitless. So um, like Mariana, who's my Aztec guide, she's quite athletic and her and I were in a past life together and we we're actually like lovers in that mm-hmm. past life. Um, so she showed me like images of her and I together, which is fascinating. Interesting. And she used to take a lot of pleasure out of making me blush when we first started working <laughs> together. Um, but she's like very athletic. So when I go to the pool, cause I'm working at overcoming, you know, some of my fears around water mm-hmm. cause I've had some past life drownings mm-hmm. and yeah, she'll actually be my swimming coach. So she's mm. teaching me how to swim. Um, but they can be as, as involved in your life as you want them to be mm-hmm. like I'll ask them for cooking advice mm-hmm. and like how much oil should I put in this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so they're there for like the little thing they're kind of like family mm-hmm. like if you've got a really good family group around you and that can be you know by blood or the yeah. friends that you put around you they are there for you for everything mm-hmm. that's I find that so fascinating because I have I know my grandma is one of my guides um, but Karen, the one that I talk about the most, she's, she's the most prominent. And I'm like, maybe there are other people there and I just don't know their names. And I just kind of put them all into one. Um, but definitely super prominent and like, um, very, very easy detail stuff. Like I walked into my apartment and I was kind of bummed cause I was like, oh no, like I like my apartment. I'm going to move and pack all my stuff up and I'm going to Bali. Yeah, I'm going to Bali, but I'm going to miss my little apartment. And Karen was like, but this is a single person's apartment. And I was like, oh, so good. Oh, girl, you're right. (laughs) Damn it, Karen. You know, like it was just kind of one of those weird moments. She always comes with these little bubbles of information that in the moment I'm not, I'm not thinking that way, you know, Mm. so it comes out. So I know it's somebody else. Um, The way you describe it, like, I mean, I'm just, you know, we don't know who's listening to the show or whatever. People can be like, oh, she must be schizophrenic or whatever. (laughs) But with people who are schizophrenic also, I feel like we just misinterpret what possible gifts that they could have and we call it disorder we pathologize it and some of these people have like enormous amounts of gifts where they're able to channel quite a few people or entities at once and yeah maybe it's on some level there is some dysfunction there but like there's also a lot of gift in that like the way that we look at you know autistic people for instance like incredible gifts there and they don't have the same i met a girl who's um she's autistic here um really really cool girl and she does not have the same filter of caring about what people think of her. She doesn't read social cues. And so she was like, I actually think I'm better off without it. Cause you guys seem really like messed up about this bullshit. And none of, you know, and I'm like, you got the better end of this. <laughs> like, trust me. Um, so in that way, the things that you're coming, coming through, like losing friendships and, and losing uh, family members or people that are not in your own understanding, have you just gotten to a place where you like, you've learned to love your soul family uh, more <laughs> yeah absolutely not more but yeah absolutely I mean I have a couple of um you know I obviously have my wife Jules we've got a daughter Bella who's beautiful um and then I have a couple of really close friends who tend to be people who understand this space mm-hmm. because I just feel like I can I guess be myself around them without having to filter or to think about how the hell do I explain this mm-hmm. um 
So, no, I've, I've been really lucky and I believe that when people fall away that it leaves a space for other people to come in. Yeah, so. that's beautiful. All right, so now we're going to get into the down and dirty, <laughs> um, the point of the show. I would love to know about the, the scarier aspects of your healing or the things that might have been, you know, because there's a lot of people that talk about, you know, don't open the door and there's demonic possession <laughs> and this and that. And even myself, I... I don't know how I think feel about demons per se. I know that they're low vibrational entities and things like that, but I know that you have dealt with them and pulling them out of people and people who have been suffering. So we, I'd love to hear the darkest, weirdest like yeah, side of gotta, what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, it was really interesting when I first started coming into this work. I only really wanted to do the light stuff. Mm -hmm. I was like, come to me with your minor problems and let me <laughs> fix those. And then I started getting people who, who were dealing with a lot of darkness and I remember saying to Krishna, like, isn't there someone else whose purpose it is to deal with the dark stuff? Like, can I not just do this? Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, court, you like think of yourself as a gardener. Um, if you're a gardener, you can't go outside and garden and never get your hands dirty. Mm -hmm. You have to get your hands dirty and you've got to know how to work in the light and the dark. Um and so that was kind of where my training started where I was like, okay, dad, I'll, I'll do it. Um, and, you know, I, I'm really lucky. I've got such an amazingly supportive team and I feel very safe mm -hmm. with this group of spirits around me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, every now and again we do come up against things that are very dark and probably the scariest story for me personally was I was working on someone one day and, uh, they definitely had what, like, I mean, I, I see spirits all the time. Spirits yeah. are like, uh, I see them as much as I do regular people. Mm -hmm. Um, so they, they, for me, are just kind of part and parcel with doing this work. Mm -hmm. Whereas what I would call a demon is like the darkest, uh, they're like quite literally what they are like in, in the movies, mm -hmm. um, how they're expressed. And so I was working with someone one day and, and they had a, a demon in them. And, and you can see it in people's eyes. You can look at mm -hmm. them and you can see that that the the person that is supposed to inhabit the body is not there. Mm -hmm. There is something else sitting behind those eyes and you're just going to look at them and you can generally tell. Mm -hmm. um, so I was working on her and while we were doing the session, she started like thrashing around. Like, like exorcist stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. this is like kind of. Probably like a quarter to a half of what I do mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Um, yeah, so she started thrashing around and um, and then she said, he doesn't want you to do this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and and Krishna and um, and Isis would have just told me to hold because my, my job is the observer. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not the one that is pulling this mm -hmm. stuff out. My job is to communicate what's happening so that you know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is where it got a bit dicey that day is that as we were working and I actually, this was a, an in-person session I was doing, which I, I don't really do anymore, but I had my hands on her and whatever was coming out of her went out of her and went up my arm, like in through my hand, up my arm. And I had three claw marks appear <gasps> on the inside no. of my skin. So not on the outside, like a scratch. Uh -huh. They were three claws that appeared underneath uh -huh. my forearm and it stayed for about half an hour and I was like guys get this get this thing out of me um so that's like that's probably the most physical representation I've had 
I've had demons walk around the room and literally had my whole body, like every hair on my body has stood up on end because whatever is in the space is so freaking evil and dark. Um, And I don't know, like I've got to a point now, it's been a few years and I guess I've matured a lot into the role where it it doesn't scare me anymore. And Mm -hmm. I've went through this stage where all I wanted to do was read about the dark because I'm like, mm. okay, I feel like I know enough about the light. Yeah. Give me all of the dark. I want to read all the dark textbooks. I want to know whatever, like, because, you know, I've encountered people who practice black magic mm-hmm. as well and, and I'm like, if I'm going to do this work, I need to know what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Um, but I had a shift around that the other day where I was like, no, I don't need to know that. My team is good enough mm. that I don't need to, yeah. you know, we will deal with things as yeah. they come up. I think that's what most people who start getting into the space or even people who don't get into the space, but people who want to entertain some of these things are scared of that. Like, Oh no, like essentially I've hear this all the time. Don't open the door. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know who's going to come in. And I, I, that fear based mentality of like what's possible. So for the woman who you found to be essentially possessed, mm-hmm. um, you know, what if um, from your expertise, what is it that qualifies people to be in a position to allow something like that to come into their body. Well, the thing is, is that there is no door because they're all around us. So the, the, the door doesn't There's exist. There's no door. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so, you know, we can pick up. And, I mean, I, I still pick up um, mm-hmm. entities. I, I had a healing the other day with a friend and she's like, wow, you've got something really sticky stuck to your back. Mm-hmm. And it's just because I've been – um, since I got into Bali, I've been really unwell. And yeah. so she's like, you just pick something up while you've been here. It's like viruses. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, like you can be like they talk about, you know, if you go to bars or you go to hospitals, like there are certain places where the earthbound spirits are more likely mm. to probably hang out. Um, can you explain what earthbound spirits are? Yeah. So spirits who haven't passed over. Um, so obviously, you know, when, when we pass away, Ideally, we would pass away, jump straight of our body, jump straight out of our bodies, and then go straight to the light. But sometimes mm-hmm. that doesn't happen because sometimes we don't realize that we've passed, um, or we feel like we can't leave because mm-hmm. we can't leave our family, we can't leave our friends. We've got stuff that we need to do here. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's a choice that we choose to stay. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like being stuck in limbo. We can be stuck in between, and then that. Um, and I think you know, for us as um, like energetic spirits down here, um, we can just be like Velcro, you know, mm-hmm. a spirit can just Velcro onto us and it's kind of like a meal for them in a way. Like they suck up a bit of our energy and then if they're getting a lot of our energy, they can choose to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, so would you say that people who are more negative or lower vibration are easier to stick to? Yes. Okay. But the flip side of that is that if you're really light Mm -hmm. you're also a really lovely meal for a dark spirit Mm -hmm. so um the lighter you become the more you can also attract darker energies too so um like in my work you can attract them but will you will they affect you or oh i got got another interesting story yes (laughs) so um there was one day i was helping out a friend of mine and she's a really interesting woman. She actually works to, um, I guess, to shut down covens of bad witches. Oh. And she works with energetic grids. And mm-hmm. and so she'd, um, she was suffering really bad health-wise. And I said to her, and she, she'd kind of lost her partner in crime at the time, and I said to her, look, can I, like I'm a channel, can I get some messages for you? Mm-hmm. 
And so um, this person passed? Uh, no, just oh. like her kind of working partner uh-huh. in this. So it was her, they were operating as like a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for some reason, I think that had a falling out, and so it, oh, just, they didn't it die. just left her. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. they just left her, and so she she had the abilities, but she couldn't channel. Ah, okay. And I said to her, "Look, let let me step in, and, and I can help you." And and all I did was channel one message, and really get headaches, never get migraines, and holy shit, like. I just, I said to Jules, I've got to go to bed. I had the worst headache. But when I closed my eyes, all I could see was like, a, you know those big um, like dust clouds you see in the desert? Mm-hmm. But it was like thousands of entities. Oh. And I had a witch turn up in my room and she said to me, um, this, this is not for you. She said, you need to, like, you need to get out of this. Oh. Um, like you've stuck your nose in where you're not wanted. Shit. Which I do sometimes because, like, I think we're all in this together and we need to help each other out. So yeah. if one of us is in trouble, then, you know, the other one will jump in yeah. to help. But we obviously don't know the energetic entanglements that people are in. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so every so now and then. you out. Yeah, but I had, so I had to call in all my spirits to um, – to kind of help with that big dust cloud of just thousands of entities. Like I was used to getting rid of like one or two or like the odd demon, but this was like a whole wall of them. So we'd obviously tapped into something that yeah. was a big deal. Um, so were you able to complete that healing or you had to back up? No. So yeah. Krishna said, you know, you, you, you've got to pull back. Mm-hmm. This is not for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of liken it to... You know, like sometimes if you see someone like getting bullied, like you tell a story of being that um, getting got punched. punched by that stupid fuckwa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sometimes if if you're the one that steps in to help another another person, sometimes yeah. you get punched. Yeah. So sometimes I get punched. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm really lucky that I have a great team that supports me, and I'm getting better at learning to know what I should jump in to help with, and mm-hmm. and what I should just ask them to kind of deal with. Mm-hmm. I find I find that for those of us who are in this work, or even people who are interested in some of this stuff, um, that is our greatest fear. You know that our, we have a lot of demon culture in the Western cultures, and saying like, especially with Christianity and things like that, there's this, there's such a narrative around the devil. Mm. You know, like the devil is ever present and he's omnipresent and he's always on your back and he's looking for this and looking for that. And in my own philosophy, I just don't hold that belief, like because as much as there are negative i think as above so below so there are you know positive like you said if you're a super high vibration yeah you're like a light i tell people who want to go in like haunted houses and they're like well how do you explain haunted houses it's like a lot of energy that's gotten trapped there the fastest way to get the meal as you put it is to scare you because you emote a lot of energy in that moment like your your expression of energy in that moment so it's good to stay there because people know it's haunted so it's like hey i'm gonna get fast food right here every time so i'm just gonna stay here so in that way, it kind of makes sense. But the, like, what, what was it about it for you over time? Maybe it was just you got used to it or whatever that you just, you weren't scared anymore. I think I realized that everything can be changed. Uh, it didn't scare me anymore because I stopped seeing things as being permanent. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I've seen that many transformations in people, especially people who are really feeling really dark or depressed or suicidal and we pull something out of them. And it's just like an instant change because we're all just a body of energy. So whatever's in our energy can just be, it's like water. Mm-hmm. You can pull something out of water if it's fallen into the pond. Mm-hmm. It's the same as with energy when we've, you know, when something's kind of come into our path and taken us over. So um, I've never seen 
anything not be able to be removed. Mm-hmm. And whilst it can take time, like I've had some healings which have been um, really interesting where, where we have pulled, you know, a demon out of somebody and it's like you can be talking to the demon who's got this maniacal laughter mm-hmm. and then you and then the human comes back in and it's just like it's a bit of an energetic tug of war but mm-hmm. I've never seen my team lose mm-hmm. that tug of war. Mm-hmm. So light always triumphs the dark. It does. <laughs> it does. But it's interesting what you're saying about the haunted houses because uh, when we were in the US last year we went to New Orleans mm-hmm. And we went to the, uh, I can't think of what her name is. She's a notorious um, socialite from New Orleans and mm-hmm. she was torturing people in the um, the attic mm-hmm. upstairs. Mm-hmm. And the tour guide that we went on the tour with, she said, this is the only house that we tell people not to touch. Okay. And I stood across the street and I could not wait to get out of there. Yeah. And there was this one girl in our group, she's a teenager, and she was like, I just want to go touch the house. And I'm thinking, oh, girl, you do not know what you are, like, <laughs> yeah, what you're potentially inviting. Playing with. Yeah. 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 So there is kind of, like, you said inviting, so it's like a door thing. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, in, in every case when someone uh, expressed some um, – healthy curiosity about the dark is there something about someone's particular personality that will attract them to those things uh no i think it can i mean obviously if we're if we're really dark i mean i think some people will invite it in i Mm -hmm. think some people are interested in whilst there are some people who are drawn to the light there's also those who are drawn to the dark Mm -hmm. and want to draw from kind of the power source that's happening there because Mm -hmm. like there's power in the light there's also power in the other end of the spectrum too so i mean some people can invite that in Mm -hmm. um but i I think it can happen to any of us yeah um once you invite it in can you kick it out oh 100 percent. yeah and and that's where i think it it stops becoming so scary Mm -hmm. and i think when you're aware of um like for me personally if, if something has stuck itself to me uh, I, I notice that my thoughts change instantly. Mm-hmm. Like I'll start to, um, I don't know, like a, probably the biggest example I can give you is like I was driving through. So when I'm out driving in the car, apparently that's when I'm most vulnerable to like picking up stuff. Uh-huh. So I'm driving in the car and, and all of a sudden my thoughts go really dark and I see like a horror film, my body being put on like a meat hook. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's not a Courtney thought. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, something's come in. So then it's just a case of me asking my team to come in and and to pull it out. But, Mm -hmm. like, that's what I say to a lot of the clients that I work with. Like, if your thoughts are dark, like, we're not naturally dark as Mm -hmm. humans. So if you're going to really dark places, something is interfering with your energy. It might not be a dark spirit. It might be trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think when we store all of our traumas inside of us and we don't ever really get the chance to deal with them, you know, that stuff, it's like food, it can rot, like it starts to rot us from mm-hmm. the inside. So it, it can be sort of one of those things. It's it's either trauma or energy really. Yeah. So people who have suffered with a lot of trauma who haven't dealt with it, um, does that affect their vibration? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so. And it also holds us back a lot from stepping into what we were born to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's so interesting. So, like, I want to go, now that we've talked about the scary parts, like, what are the really amazing parts? Like, you being able to bring into these spirits, like, when you're walking around day to day, like, do you see other people's 
guides? Like, are you just kind of like, cause sometimes I see other people's guides and I'm always like, should I tell them that they have, like, yeah. maybe they'll be freaked out. Never mind. Um, but like how, how present is it for you? We're just trying to get in a picture of like, what is your, with your, you're in front of me right now. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Do you see who my people are? Like, are they hanging out? Are they trying to talk to you? Cause I'm obviously like closed right now. Um, like how does that work when you're just near the grocery store? Do you see like the entity hanging over someone's head? Like, yeah, like I'm I'm good at being in muggle mode to the <laughs> point where it's like a bit of a joke with my family that I can be a bit like Teflon, like things mm-hmm. will just pass me by and I, I don't notice them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I would personally try not to tune into other people's energies mm-hmm. because I believe that uh, we should have our privacy and mm-hmm. I try not to get in other people's heads or um, to kind of see what's happening for yeah. them. Um, you learned how to turn it off. Yeah, how I learned, I, I don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't probably tell you how I, but then, you know, I had a healing yesterday and I was told that I'm, I'm never actually switched off. And then apparently when I sleep, I astral travel. Yeah. Because I always wake up tired. I never wake up feeling Same. like amazingly rejuvenated and it's because I'm working in my sleep. Yeah. Have you, have you had a physical or like one that you can remember of an astral projection? No, I, I get that feeling a lot where I come out of my body and then I fall back in really mm-hmm. dramatically and I wake up. But, yeah. But yeah, my you grandma. You don't remember the other part? Pardon? You don't remember the other part? No, but my grandma who had these abilities as well, um, she could astral travel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I've never developed that. Yeah. And this is something actually, we had an episode, I can't remember the number of it, um, where we talk about astral projection pretty much with um, Aaron Apke. And my first experience that I had it, Um, I had what I would think or interpret as the Kundalini awakening because I did that thing where I started to hear that really like, okay, so an astral projection, if you haven't heard the episode, um, you kind of start to go back to sleep, but it's before you're really asleep. And I started to feel my body, like my arms and everything raising. I had done a little bit of research about it beforehand. So I was like, is this happening? Is it happening? (laughs) But as my arms started to reach up and my feet started to reach up and I started to feel like I was leaving my body, I got really close to the ceiling. And then, um, this, the loudest like went off and it scared the hell out of me. And I was like, Nope, like take me back home, take me back to Kansas. You know, like it was just like instant. And I tried to get back in my body and I had like what felt like a seizure and it was right in the back of my back. And I was like, you know, like shaking wow. back and forth, like boom, 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 boom. And it lasted what felt like 10 minutes. And I was like, somebody, I hope I don't die. Someone, I hope someone comes in here and helps me. I couldn't even talk. And then I was in a sleep paralysis for a while. Um, so once I finally got out of it, like, I was like, what the fuck just happened? Did I almost die? Like went through the whole thing. Since I've been in Bali, I've had two very intense ones. Um, one of which one I, I went and pl- like, I was actually able to physically open my eyes and fly and like see where I was going. I, w- I went over the top of the Island and then left to go to some, I don't know, planet or something with these really tall beings that didn't really have faces or anything. They just looked like really tall blue people. And they were just like, here's this book. I mean, it was some ancient language or something. I wasn't sure what they were telling me, but it was all right there. But anyway, like, um, one of my, the, the friend that I talked to, he said, wow, you might be like really gifted at this. This might be something that you can do. But the same thing, I wake up at three like clockwork and I get up in the morning and I'm just tired. I think mm-hmm. that's when the process takes place. They, they, they are like, okay, that's like a, like a plane that I need to get to or something like that. Um, I also have that recurring dream that I'm trying to get on the plane. And so okay. it's like always like I'm getting ready to go somewhere and then I go to the place, I learn, and then I come back and then I, yeah. that's it. So yeah, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Long story to say, <laughs> I understand. Um, 
So the most, what is the most beautiful part of having these types of gifts for you? Seeing people's potential. And that's what I wish I could bottle. And mm. it, it almost, like, I. it's so funny because I used to be so in my head and now my heart is so open. <laughs> like, even saying that makes me feel a bit emotional because I think people just don't feel seen mm. in today's world. And, and I think that's a really beautiful part of what we do is that, um, you know, my job as a channel is to write down everything that, you know, the spirits are saying and what I'm seeing and and in every single healing that we do, they will tell you how freakishly special you are and how there is only one of you and that you're here to do this or, you know, like you might already be on your path. But um, people don't get that anywhere else unless I think you get it from the spirit Mm -hmm. world really or unless you encounter a really enlightened human that can tell you that. But um, I I wish that I could bottle that and bottle what I see in people because – you know, we can see ourselves as, you know, like I used to work in advertising and it's like, yeah, I thought I was doing okay, but um, never would I have seen myself doing this work. And what the spirit sees is like the highest point that we could possibly reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we obviously have free will and they also say to me, you know, you could also sit on the couch for the next 30 years and not do anything. It's up yeah. to you. Um, but I, I love that they see the best in us. Um, in in the purest possible way that there's no motives or no history or human relationships involved. It's just they see us as soul level. Mm-hmm. That's what I love. Mm. That's beautiful. So in a way, you're like in an essence, you're giving someone a way to see themselves without the meat suit, kind of. Yeah. Like higher selves and, and engaging with that. Are you able to contact with someone else's higher self or is it just purely through your team? Uh, it's just through my team. So they, they're basically giving us um, all the messages that you need to hear in a session. We also work on, you know, healing the body and whatever else is going on as well. Um, I mean, sometimes their spirit guides will come in. So mm-hmm. sometimes we'll have visitors. Sometimes we'll have, you know, relatives that have passed who will turn up. Mm-hmm. Um and that's really nice as well. Mm-hmm. So I guess I love that too, the, the spontaneity of never knowing when I go in, you know, what we're going to encounter or mm-hmm. who's going to turn up. Mm-hmm. Or um, like we had we had um, the Greek goddess um, Aphrodite turn up the other day in a healing and that was beautiful. And so it's just, it's an interesting place to work. There's like entities of consciousness. Like you get to just show up to this poker game. You don't know who's coming to play. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's so cool. So like, um, with your guides, are they able to, like if someone were to hire you, are they able to tell you anything about their future? Yes. Okay. You might be the first guest that I'm talking about that's doing future stuff. Yeah. But then um, I guess I've got a caveat that with that. Free will. Free will. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they can tell you like, this is what you're here to do. And how I kind of see it is that all of our past lives are like an apprenticeship on our way to mastery. Yeah. So each life we, you know, we come back and we build and we build and we build upon our experiences and, and what we've learned. And then when we come down, we forget everything and then we have to re-remember. Um, but uh, like if you can look at the whole of our lives in the past, you can generally get a fairly good picture of what we're here to do in the future. It just mm-hmm. tends to manifest in a different way. Um, but, yeah, I mean free will will always come into it that we have a choice. Mm-hmm. Um it's like me, I've been shown 
what I could go on to do scares the shit out of me. What is it? <laughs> well, they, they they show me me on like stage with a stack of books behind me. And, uh, duh, and I I'm saw like that too. A, I'm like a massive introvert, uh, so yeah. speaking is still. And like as a kid, I had a really bad stutter, mm. so like being on interviews for me is like something I've been working on in myself mm-hmm. because like there's a part of me that's like what happens if you freeze <laughs> um and and even the idea of being on a stage yeah. and and I think that going through this process and working with the spirits has been such a humbling experience for me uh I don't know I think I just keep becoming more and more humble <laughs> as the time goes on <laughs> that I think like who am I to get up on stage and, yeah and kind of talk about that stuff it's typically I feel like it's typically those who are most reluctant Mm. that are, I wouldn't say the most gifted, but people who, who have a massive gift tend to be like, why me? Like the one, the ego, what is it? Melomaniac. I'm saying that wrong. Um, You know, the people who are like, oh, I am the guru and I am the healer. And they're really trying to push themselves forward. Um, I often feel on an energetic level, like, nah, brah, not you. Um, but not to say that they don't have anything to offer, but there is some sensation, even for myself, like it's been three years coming of me, like I should do a podcast, but I don't know what I'm about. I don't know, like who's going to listen to this? You know, like it's just been, I've been super reluctant to come to that and it's because it scares the shit out of me. Mm. And like, usually if something scares the shit out of you, it's probably something you should try. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, not like if you're like scared of jumping out of a plane or something like that, but in your purpose of what it is that you're meant to do, it usually scares you. And not because you're really afraid that you're going to fail, but of how powerful you actually are. Mm. And it's like, like that kind of energy coming through is like, shit. Okay. I'm not familiar with that. The whole world has always told us like, play small, be small, especially women. Like, don't, you know, don't, don't go after this thing, you know, marry the husband that'll provide for you. You know, So for us to step into those positions of, power or or where we're going to be seen or something like that is in in this lifetime not with with what we've been conditioned to do and it's scary Mm. it's like really scary um I want to ask you about your past lives yeah (laughs) um I mean one you can just tell us about any of them if you want to but I was curious of what past life is most closely tied to this life yeah so I have um I have one past life that is very real to me um and it's a it's a memory of having my hands broken with a hammer (laughs) where I was a slave to um, a master who is a family member of mine now um and yeah that that's very tough because we're often put back in I guess family groups with the people that are here to teach us and so it's kind of hard to to disconnect from that and I Mm -hmm. think you know so many of our fears that we have in this life are uh, and not even from this life they're from past lives Mm -hmm. and in reality like ideally each life would be a clean slate Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but then if you think of you know that we're here and we keep coming back and we're you know doing this apprenticeship um you know I guess it's there's there's the good and the bad that we carry with us Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah but no I have past lives that go right back to Egypt Mm -hmm. and um I have had like a crucifixion wound that would come up a lot Mm -hmm. in my right wrist Mm -hmm. Uh, which I worked on with another healer to remove that. Mm -hmm. So that goes back to like biblical times. Yeah. Um, That's, I mean, so Courtney's read some of my past lives and it's weird because I had a past life regression before about my, this Egyptian life that I've had. Some, some of you guys may have heard when my name was Claire Euphemia 
and which oddly means uh, euphemia means well spoken. Like, isn't that weird? That is just crazy to me. Clear and well spoken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my my husband or the man who bought me essentially as a slave, his name was Obed Umdamia, and fell in love with me and took me away from this like highly abusive father. Um, but you saw that life, like, and you were like, "Oh, your Egyptian life." I'm like, "Did I tell you that already?" And you're like, "No." Um, and then my other life as a like an alchemist or something. You said you saw me as kind of like kind of like a witch. Um, taken out and been chained up by my wrists and in particular. And I was like, man, I do have super weak ass wrists. Like my wrists are always bothering me. Um, so Ch- just like chains are really common. Yeah. Because like, if, if you think of our past lives, like if you think of, uh, the world's history and everything that we've been through, you know, slavery was a huge part of our, of our history. Yeah. Um, so we, we remove lots of chains from people still. And it, it's like the body remembers all of those things. And, and it can result in physical injuries or like weaknesses, like mm-hmm. you said about your wrists. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you remove them, uh, the body seems to naturally fix itself up. Mm-hmm. But as far as the body's concerned, it's like, man, those chains are still there. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they, they can stop people from moving forward. I It was, it was really crazy because in one of my lives you said that I was in a – maybe a civil war or something like that, some type of war. And I got shot on the left side of my head and very, very strangely guys, I went to the doctor maybe like four months later. So I went to go get some checkups with a, uh, Eastern Western, like, uh, integral, uh, doctor anyway. And he's feeling on my scalp. Like he's doing all the stuff, whatever, like we did acupuncture and whatnot. And he was like, what happened to the left side of your head? And I was like, Nothing. He's like, you ever been dropped or did you have an injury there? Did you hit your head? And I was like, no, never. No concussions. No, no, th- no, you didn't get any blunt force trauma. Nothing. And I'm like, listen, bro, I would remember that. <laughs> or maybe I wouldn't because there's somebody knocked me out. But, um, I said, no, he's, he's like, not your mom didn't drop you when you were little. I was like, I can't, this has been 10 minutes now. You're asking me about my head. He's like, there's absolutely an injury here on the skull. So he even made a note of it and that he's uh, dictating to the assistant that's there. And he's like, make a note that on the left side, there's been some type of trauma on the left side of it. And I'm like, listen, what is he talking? I never asked my mom. No, never, never had anything like that. And then I go back and I'm like, I watched, rewatched our reading maybe two months later. And I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> she said that. Oh my God. You know, so like weird shit like that, like starts to come up or pop up that you start to recognize things that you harbor in your body from things that you may have not healed from past lives. So what would you say um, to people who may or because you definitely believe in past lives is a big part of your practice. Huge part of what I do. So for people who are like, you know, reincarnation, that's some bullshit or whatever. Not to, not that the show is to prove anybody anything. Like this is our own philosophies, obviously. Yeah. Um, but for you, like, wh- why are you such a big believer in it? Because it comes up constantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> there is there there is no avoiding it. Like if if you think of like a uh, like a ruler, mm-hmm. um. And you know this this life now is like I don't know what metric system you use in the, the states the, the imperial stupid one yeah so like a, like a tiny little section <laughs> of like a ruler yeah like yeah. five centimeters is like this life now and then the rest of that ruler is like everything else that's ever happened to mm-hmm. you before so when we're doing a healing of course probably only a little bit is going to come from this life. Mm-hmm. The bulk of it is going to come from how freaking old you are <laughs> and, and, and what you've been through mm-hmm. and that you got shot in the Civil War and that you were persecuted when you were a witch. And and it's it's in the removing of all of those things that helps us actually step into who we are now because mm-hmm. there's a reason why 
I had so much fear around speaking my truth mm-hmm. in this life and it's because in so many of my other lives I've been killed for doing for speaking that. your truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So when you have clients, do um, do only the lives come up that you need to heal something from in this life? Or do you can you see all of them? Ah uh, no, it I kind of uh, I I would think of it as as like an onion and the mm-hmm. layers of an onion. Like it mm-hmm. tends to be the layers that we need to see first. Um, so when we work, we always work on removing the things that will help you the most mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we'll get one past life that'll come up in like great detail, or sometimes there'll be three or four, mm-hmm. and we'll work on. So Mara, the white witch that we work with, she's the one that primarily deals with past lives. Mm-hmm. So. And then, like, something weird that comes up is that sometimes we can be stuck in our own past lives. So, you know that movie Groundhog Day where we, like, live the last day over and over (laughs) again? Yeah. Um, That can happen with past versions of ourselves. Mm. We can be, like, trapped in a loop on the last day of our lives. So we do a bit of that work too with going back and releasing that. How does one recognize when they're stuck in a loop? Well, you probably, I mean, it's probably not something that you can feel. Mm -hmm. But when we go in and we release it, you will feel the relief mm-hmm. that something has been lifted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know, I worked with someone recently who always felt like literally like the weight of the world on their shoulders, like they were dragging boulders. Mm-hmm. And so there was this life where they literally were. That mm-hmm. was their job. They were just dragging this rope, like carrying these huge boulders. And and when we closed down that past life and we just finished it up, like wrapped it up, put it away, uh, they felt like a physical release mm-hmm. on their whole body. They just felt light for the first time. Mm-hmm. So we, we often don't realise how heavy we feel until the pain is gone mm-hmm. um, because we learn to live with such a high level of pain a lot of the time. Yeah. We just get used to how that feels. Yeah. And that's, that's amazing. So in this life, those of us... Do you feel that there's a reason that, I mean, obviously we're all incarnating to, we're here, um, but in this particular time, because you had mentioned something being so special about 2020, mm-hmm. um, those of us who come in, you th- feel like that's a reason why right now, like, like all the spiritual stuff is starting to come to the surface and people are interested and there's all this awakening going, like, what's your take on that? What did you, what are you experiencing around that now about the clients that come to you? Is there a pattern there? Yeah. Everyone is waking up. Um, everyone is is experiencing, you know, symptoms or they're feeling like they're here to do something more than what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. It's um, And so, like, if you look at it in uh, through, like, a Hindu perspective, um, they break up the chapters of Earth into four different chapters. Mm-hmm. So there's the first chapter where we're the most conscious. Mm-hmm. And then right now we're in, like, chapter four, which I would call, like, the Homer Simpson era. Like, we think <laughs> that we're super evolved or actually pretty asleep. Um, yeah. So, you know, for us to go back into that first chapter again of, of enlightenment, we've got to have some pretty big catalysts for change. And I think that's why we are seeing so many more, you know, natural disasters. And I think mm-hmm. things are becoming a lot more polarizing and we're really able to see like the black and white of things now. Mm-hmm. Things are very obvious, like mm-hmm. where in the past where we could be happier, just kind of sitting in the gray. It's getting really hard to do that now. So I yeah. think it's really forcing us to choose you know, I guess, as, as they say, like which side of history we want to be on. Yeah. Yeah. So what advice would you have to someone who's curious about this and who's trying to get into this or who's just, maybe they, they dawned on this episode and they're like, what the fuck is all of this? Like, um, do you have any tips on how to facilitate their awakening or what we would trendily call awakening? 
Yeah, I would I would say go into it. It's it's an incredibly fun space to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we spend so much of our time looking at the outer world when really like all the fun that's to be had is inside of us. Mm-hmm. And and I do believe that we come back to heal, you know, each and every time. And and really like there's only so much juice you can squeeze from the outer <laughs> world. Like, you know, I think a lot of people tend to find that they get to a point where they've accumulated, you know, properties or money or mm-hmm. um, there's that general feeling of like I've got everything I should feel like I have, why am I not happy? Mm. That is generally the start mm. of an awakening. And my, yeah, I feel <laughs> like, um, yeah, my hairs have just stood up on my arm. Um, you know, if, if you're at that point, then really the next part of the journey is within. So I, I do think that our life can kind of come in two different parts. Um, part one is, is we get everything out of the way that we feel like we need to in our most human selves. Mm. And then it tends to be part two is where we, we start to step back in into the spirit and who we were and who we were born to be. And um, I would just say to to go where your curiosity takes you, mm-hmm. where you experience those little sparks of something is generally a good clue. The things that scare the shit out of you yeah. are a good clue, <laughs> like whether it's past life related or, or it's the direction you're supposed to head in. Yeah. Um, I think there's so many amazing healers out there and, you know, mediums and channels and, um, make use of those people, find them, try out different things. And probably my biggest piece of advice would be not to box yourself into one modality. I think people always feel like they're going to choose one thing, mm-hmm. but you could never be contained to just one thing. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. So you might use a modality as a gateway, or I would see it as a gateway to everything. Yeah. So start somewhere, but then don't be afraid to kind of go down different rabbit holes and. And to know that you can always call on your spirit guides like you're safe. You don't have to fear the darkness. You know, that's what I've learned. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that's beautiful. Courtney, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having so me. so amazing to just have your beautiful light and, like, that fact that we could, like, connect after being on opposite sides of the world. I only met you because someone sent me your name and, like, and here you are. It's, like, it's really beautiful. I'm really, really excited. Um, you guys can hear in her voice the, the wisdom and the knowledge that she has to offer. So please tell people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me um, on Instagram at CourtneyBeck.co um, and also via my website at www.CourtneyBeck.co as well. Amazing. So thank you so much for being on the show. And you guys, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at thelovelyalia for daily content and inspiration.